Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with CB Gold. He's back. I'm back. Uh, we also have Henry Corrales uh, calling in a little bit, which is fresh off a huge win over Aaron Pico. Uh, I want to thank Speedweed. Listen, people, if you live in California and you smoke weed or partake in CBD or edibles or THC sex lube, whatever you partake in, okay, go to speedweed.com. They will deliver it to you. Right now, it's pouring rain right now. I mean, it is, it's like, a, it's like a, the, the, the mass flood of 2019. And if I wanted weed right now, I would just call them. Why get into your car and risk it? I got, I got, a, I got a, a ticket the other day for... Uh, for I, I, I made a bad turn, okay, but they gave it to me for uh, my not having a license plate on my thing, which was good, actually. I have a license plate. It's just not – anyway, the point is is that you leave your house. You can get tickets. You can get accidents. You, gas is expensive. Who knows what could happen? Your car can blow up, okay? These drivers are out right now. Yes, yes. So instead, go to Speedweed, stay home, put on Punisher or one of these marble things, relax, Sponge have a good Bob. time, SpongeBob, whatever you want to watch, and have it delivered to you. Mention Roasted, MMA Roasted, you get $10 off. $100, orders of $100 or more. Uh, also, uh, yeah, so that's, that's that. Um, and uh, life is good. I, um, I was at wrestling practice yesterday with the baby. See, it's hard, like, because I don't, I don't I, you know, I don't, it's like a news flash. I don't really get paid that much to coach wrestling. Um, it's mostly volunteer. I can be a little bit, but nothing that's like, I, I drive an hour to coach, sometimes two hours to get back. You know, it, pretty much I get paid what it, it would cost me in gas. Uh, but I just love doing it. I love the sport. I love what it's given to me. It keeps me young, especially in LA where like everything is like career, career, career. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Attention, attention, failure, failure, failure. It's nice to actually just like get out and give back. And and I I enjoy coaching. Um, It's a lot of fun. And, uh, but it's hard, especially with a baby. And, um, you know, a nanny is like, like, you know, 20 an hour for a a good nanny. So I I was doing that when going to practice. So I'm losing like 60 bucks a day uh, when I go coach. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take the baby with me to practice. Uh, so I've been taking she the baby. Like she's having fun, man. She loves it. Um, it's hard for me because I can't really show any moves. But luckily, it was like the last week of the season, and I have two other coaches, so I'll just tell them what I want them to do. I'll be like, hey, you know, show the, the cradle from the sit-out or show this. And, you know, I've been coaching long enough where everyone knows what I'm doing. And a lot of times, also, telling the kid to do it is better for because the kid's you know, then they have to teach it, and that's where you get the most out of it. So, but my baby is, she started crying when practice was over. Like, she, she just wants to be in there. I think it's, I think she's mesmerized by, like, the, the uh, commotion, the bodies, like, just running into each other, like, the, all that. And I think she just, her eyes get up, she laughs the whole time. I watch the videos, and it, it seems like she thoroughly enjoys it. So and then, you might have a good sprawl daughter on your head. Maybe, and then I'm yelling at the kids, or not yelling at them, but like, to, like, come on, guys. And then they're looking at me, and then they're looking at my baby on my chest, making goofy faces and smiling, and then the kids start laughing. And then they come over, and like, they start making, I'm like, all right, kids. They keep coming over and start playing with her. I'm like, all right, thanks, guys. Go back to, you know, like, oh, Gaga. I'm like, okay, get, okay, get it out of your system. Like, go, like, but, uh, but it's fun. It is, it's like, it is, it is it's very bonding and she she loves it and uh 
you know, look, I'm not going to make my daughter wrestle. If she wants to wrestle, great. Um, I think my wife's more into gymnastics and cheerleading, and that's for her. Soccer. As long as she's playing a sport, I'll be happy. If she's not playing a sport, if she's, a, if she's a more of a computer girl, as long as whatever she does, she gives it her best. You know, whatever you do. Are you trying to keep her away from comedy, though? If she wants to be the best comic, uh, I, I personally think kid comedy is rough because... I just meant generally, like uh, she no. Wants she wants to be, to be an actress, or any of that, as long as she's having fun. But I just think that for for the most part, kid comedy is hard. It's, uh, aside from Tiffany Haddish, she started when she was fourteen, but she was a foster kid. So, yeah. but comedy usually comes from like pain and life experience yeah. and like failure. And I think a lot of times kids don't experience, or hopefully they don't have that uh, when they're twelve and thirteen. A lot of times when I see kid comics, it's their parents writing their material. I was gonna say I've seen the same thing. You see them on like AGT or like. Some of those shows, but they never truly make it like super far. Well, they're not really learning the the craft of comedy. No, they're they're no. learning. It's basically they're acting, you know. And there's more to it than making people laugh. <laughs> well, there's more part. Of, yeah, right. I mean, so I, I've 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 seen work. I've seen comics. I've seen parents tell their kid jokes, and they're going up there and they're getting telling jokes about immigration and stuff, and they're 11, and I'm like, come on, this is not. Uh, people are laughing, but I'm like, this is not happening. But then eventually the. You know, it's just not gonna. Anyway, so uh, yeah, but that's been it's been fun. It's been fun, you know. And like dude, as a kid, uh, growing up, like my dream was to like, you know, cause I was single for so long, and I would I would coach kids, and I'd see like the parents and stuff, and I'm always like, oh, I'd love to have my kid come to matches and my wife. And then when I see my my wife and my kid on the sidelines, I'm actually like super happy. It's like something that I've always wanted to have. It's an uh, awesome support system. It's the best kind of support system. Yeah. And my wife was never like a, she's not like a big MMA fan or wrestling fan, but she gets it. Like she comes to a couple practices and she's like, when's the match? I want to watch the matches, you know, like, which is cool. Um, I don't know, like if I, I, I don't know if I could be with somebody who was like, like as diehard of an MMA fan as I am, because I think we would just annoy each other to the point where like that's all I'd want to talk about and then that person yeah. I, I remember when I dated a, a girl who was in the UFC and I asked her like 4,000 questions about fights and she was like get me out of here uh, so yeah I think it's too much it's like for me dating a comic would be rough like if I dated yeah. a comic because it's just it's just it's nice to have like my wife she does marketing for a hair company she has her life she goes to New York Fashion Week she goes to Marketing Week she has her thing and I have my thing and I think that's easier Sometimes, some people can do it I, I've seen comedy it work, but for me, it's nice to have something else. It's kind of like three different worlds in a way, because like you have your world, she has her world, and then there is that you know collaborative world where you guys come together to a certain aspect. I mean, my girl's the same. You know, I'm a diehard MMA fan, one of the biggest in the world. My girl didn't know a lot about MMA when we first met. Didn't know a lot about you know pro wrestling. Got her into it, and now she likes to bust my balls, but like. It, it's fun. Like, she'll be like, you know, what are the fights on Saturday? Crap, I have to leave. I have to go to my friend's house. And I'm like, I guess I'm watching alone then. And you my, know, my she wife did get up. She got upset when we were looking for wedding rings. And I was watching Colby Covington uh, versus, I think it was uh, Hot Sauce on, on my phone. And um, she was like, what? and I was like, this is my friend. And she's like, we're looking for wedding rings. I'm like, yeah, but losses stay on your record. You know, like, I think she got mad yep. about that. Uh, been there. And not I, looking for rings, but been there. And I could have been more sensitive to, like, you know, certain things. Um, but it, it is what it is. You know, you, you learn. It's Right now we're going through a tough time because we have this thing called the snoo, where we strap the baby down and it rocks her to bed, but it only works for six months. And it, tell, and it monitors how her sleep. So she's sleeping. So now she's outgrowing it. And now my wife has her in like a sleep suit, which is like a fat suit. And 
So I come home and I went to put her in and like, it looks like that Kanye, th that like the Kanye little pump, you know, those suits they wore for their music video. I don't. Okay. Well, it, I'm like, can we just not put, let's just have a regular, let's have her in a fucking crib. Like a sumo like, suit or Yeah, something. she has her in a sumo suit. And um, she's like, well, you're not home. See, that's, the, that's the biggest problem that I have is uh, I'm not there all the time because I make, a, I make a living on the road. So when I'm on the road and then my wife's doing shit, then I, sometimes my opinion is, well, I'm not there. So, and that's, even with the dog, the dog drives my wife crazy. He still growls at her in the bed. So, and like, you know, I'll get him off stage, you know, made fucking 300 people laugh, standing ovation, I'm feeling like a fucking million bucks. I look at my phone, your dog shit on the bed, you know? And then I'm like, okay, I, I want to get rid of this dog. To the real I'm world. like, I'm like, we're not getting rid of the dog. The dog goes, I go. Well, you know, the dog came with me. It was just, so then now we're fighting. It's just, but it's, I guess couples have this problems, but it is what, sometimes it could be hard when I'm not home because then like, you know, I'm like, babe, I don't think she should be in a fat suit when she sleeps, but you're not home to put her to bed. Okay, that's true. I guess she's, I guess she's in a fucking fat suit then. Um, but it is what it is. And then last night was funny because like uh, we hadn't had sex in like a week or something, and I get in bed and she's like anal, and I was like really anal, and she goes yeah, turn over. I'm like oh you're funny. If I get this, I'm like really really the hilarious, you know, anal turnover. And she's done that like eight times. I've never had anal sex with my wife. I just not. Have you had anal sex with your girl? You have? Yeah, it's not really something. I don't know. It's just not my thing. I, I did not confirm or deny that question for everyone listening. I have a friend who's like married to like a celebrity and he's a celebrity. And uh, he told me his wife just loves anal sex. And every time I meet her, that's all I think of. <laughs> like every time I'm like, hi, how's it going? I just think of her getting fucked in the ass all day, you know? And she's got a little ass too. So that's just, I don't know. It's just not really... I don't know. It's just not really my thing. I, I, the vagina just feels so good. I think anal needs prep. You know, you can't just go right for it. I well, feel like. Yeah. I mean, you can't just say, okay, this is it. And then just. But even like porn stars, like they won't eat for a day when they have anal or like they'll like, you know, like they'll fast. They'll make sure that their, their butt's very cleansed. They don't just go right to it. <laughs> uh, female porn stars. Leaving Taco Bell and I mean, just showing up on set. Yeah. That's not, is that really what you want to do? Um, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've only done anal like twice in my life. One was like by accident. Anyway, so anyway, uh, here we are. Um, let's talk about some of the the UFC. Uh, oh yeah, and then so we, we and we have our, our 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 big tournament this week. I'm super excited about that. Oh great, baby's crying. Um, I you know I was motivating the kids like, hey guys, you know, let's give it our best. Leave it all on the mat. You know, don't throw your headgear because last week last time the kid from Chesnia won threw his headgear and we got a point taken off. And we, and then the other guy, like, and they go, yeah, don't yell at the ref either to me because that wasn't, yeah, I, I thought uh, that was like the giant, like nightmare of a day with the referees. Yeah. Well that was, but it was funny. Cause like we would have won the tournament. I did yell at the ref. The ref made a terrible call that the kid kept grabbing my kid's headgear over and over and over and over again. And he called my kid for stalling with 20 seconds left. And then with one second left gave him two stalling points, which is like really with a one second left. And then my kid was looking at the clock. That was his mistake. But just because you look at the clock does not mean you're stalling. But this oh, ref God, was... Fighters look at the clock all the time to make sure how much time they have to... You know, yeah, but this ref work. was an idiot. Like, so I'm going to tell the kids don't look at the clock also. But um, in my defense... And so I was telling the kids, 
I remember last year after the tournament, I'm like, listen, guys, I lost my cool. I apologize. And the kids are like, we would have done the same for you, coach. And then I was like, yeah, super cute. Yeah, were the parents backing you yeah, up? Yeah, the parents were like, yeah, coach. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know what? So There's a lot of shitty refs lately. Yeah. Yeah, right. In all sports. In all sports. In all sports. So what, what do you think of WrestleMania, by the way? Royal Rumble? A Royal Rumble, yeah. I'm uh, not impressed. Why? I just didn't think it was good. I thought both Rumbles were predict, uh, very, very predictable. I picked who was going to win, even though the person, the female that won the Women's Royal Rumble was not even on the list. She just kind of scapegoated her way in at the last minute. The rest of the matches were kind of underwhelming and... You know, I, is Ronda leaving? To be, I was just about to say, I really want Ronda to lose, but it looks like she's leaving after WrestleMania. To have babies? I. That's what I'm hearing. Some people are perpetuating this rumor that she's going back to the UFC, and I no, there's no way. She, well, they would take her back in a heartbeat. They would take her back, but she won't do well. I don't think. You know, <laughs> Up, upper echelon competition. Um, but yeah, supposedly she's leaving. Supposedly she wants to have kids. I just want to see her lose beforehand. Um, but yeah, the Royal Rumble was un- underwhelming. We're leading into WrestleMania. We're on the road to WrestleMania. And, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because this is the time of year, the last like three months of like the WWE's year where they try to build the best product, build the best matches, do the biggest show because WrestleMania is like a nine hour extravaganza. Um, I think it's like the first weekend of April and they're just planning a lot of like different things and different matches and, just the last few years, you know, with the PG era and everything that's going on, it's just been underwhelming. And now, what, now, what did you think of the guy from Bellator who came over? What do you mean? Uh, the, the Jack Swagger. I think he looked good. There's a lot of people. Oh well, he fought a can. They paid the guy to not throw strikes or lose or whatever. Swagger has a pet has has a great pedigree for wrestling. He's been training jujitsu. He's been training fighting for a while. Well, I you know. I didn't realize he um. Velasquez in college wrestling. I also didn't know that. That's a pretty big accomplishment. I mean, he was an all-American college wrestler. Uh, I, I didn't know that either. I mean, to be... Is that why they called him the all-American American? Yeah, to be an all-American Division One, I don't think people realize how hard that is. Uh, being That may be one of the hardest things to do in the world, to be top eight in the country Division One. Um, because there's, what, thousands and thousands of wrestlers just, in the I mean, country? we're talking about, like, every... State champion, you know, there are so many people that like, I mean, there was a kid, Todd Beckerman, my year, who was a four-time national champion uh, in high school. I think he was an All-American once. Uh, I think he was a one-time All-American. It's just a matter of like, it's just fucking hard. It's just, it's that, it, it really, college wrestling, it really is like the major leagues of wrestling, you know? It's like it's like how many great guys there are plenty of great high school baseball players, but how many make the make the pros? Like not many. And that's really what college there's also more positions in those other teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even that. It's just it's just really hard to be I mean, you have to be a really good wrestler to be top eight in the country. Incredibly dedicated for as much as you've talked about dropping weight. Oh yeah. I I mean like meets every week. Yeah, it's just it's just a different level. So uh, Jack Swagger I'm 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 a fan. I'm 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 a fan of him. I wanna see and I I'm a fan of the Bellator for not throwing him in against somebody that was just gonna crush him or well, somebody yeah. that would have been hard for him, like too hard for him it was only his first fight like before you put him against Matt Mitrione or something like let's let's give him three four or five fights but don't put him on the main card I understand why you have to because they paid him $50,000 for, for his pro debut they paid him more than that 
They did. I, th- I, I think I, I saw. They paid him. I think I saw a fifty, but maybe he got sponsors and everything else. But so, if you're gonna give a guy fifty grand, then yeah, he's got to be on the main card. But at the same time, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt him to do. You know, it would have hurt him to try to go through the LFA first or Titan first or regional by, you know, going right to Bellator. The problem is it's only going to be two or three fights before he gets a real challenge. And yeah. he is 35 years old, 36. He's, he's up there. He had a better debut than CM Punk. Oh, I mean, that was night and day. I mean, I know. And yeah, it yeah. was, you know, Swagger was signed, I'd say, about a year ago or so and made its debut inside a year and, and looked good at it. Yeah. You know, people hating on him too much. And I'm like, this was his first fight. Yeah. Did they give him a guy that's, you know, not super amazing or not a big name? Yes. But as you said, you're not going to throw him in there with Vitaly Minikov on his first fight or, you know, Matt Mitrione or Roy Nelson. But he looked good. Give the guy some credit, you know, other than pro wrestling. I almost think he might beat Roy Nelson at this point. (laughs) Uh, That's that's also, yeah. I hate to say it. I don't know. Roy might get up for that fight and knock him out, though. Roy's got Crow Cop in a few weeks. In in what in, in in Bellator? Crow Cop's back in Bellator. I thought I'm pretty sure it was it was uh, Big Country and Crow Cop coming up. Wow, wow! It's I a mean, well, night event the Febu- the two fifteen oh. two sixteen. Well, you know, I mean, Crow Cop in Bellator might be different than Crow Cop and Ryzen because Crow Cop and Ryzen looks like he's unbeatable uh, because of the testing. Crow Cop and Bellator, maybe he's not going to be. I mean, he was underwhelming in the UFC, Crow Cop. Because I think the strict testing, but I think he's one of these guys. Like I think Vitor Belfort right now, if he goes to Ryzen, will be the champion again. If he gets to use his secret sauce. Now let's talk about the biggest feud right now in MMA. Okay, Artem Labov versus Ben Askren are feuding on Twitter. Did you see what's going on? Yeah, I saw a little of it. I'm a, I'm a little. Uh... I'm a little surprised that UFC let the goat go, but so well, I don't understand. Like, I guess it's the ends of the goat. It's funny, but like now everyone's in on it. It's not as funny. It's it's not as funny anymore. It's just this ridiculous thing that but, went around. And he know. is a good fighter. He happens to be a good fighter. Uh, he just wouldn't have got him being if he wasn't Conor McGregor's best friend. People wouldn't be giving him so much shit. It's the fact that like people think that McGregor just you know. Oh, and he made he he made his own stand of like. I, I am the Russian hammer, and I am this, and choo-choo, motherfucker, and, you know, that kind of shit. And he's like, I fought the top competition. And I'm like, yeah, you know, in the UFC, you fought a lot of big names, but all your fight wins were decision. And, he, and the only guy he beat was Diaz's friend. The, uh, uh, Vila? Yeah, did he yeah. beat Ishihara, too? Did he beat Ishihara? I'm pretty sure he but, did. But, okay, so... He when had I, a few wins, but it wasn't when he fought the Cub Swansons and the, you know, those kind of guys. I mean, it was a night and day touchy feely where he should and shouldn't be. So, uh, so according to Twitter, he says, "Relax, there, Ben. I went through the true fighters' road, fought the best at every turn, came up short. I gave him my all." But he says, "Keep that belt warm for me, Ben. I'll be back for it after I take over boxing." So he's not taking over boxing. His arms are, are not, I think, long enough to take over boxing. He and wants to go boxing, kickboxing. He's called out a couple bare-knuckle guys. A couple <laughs> bare-knuckle guys have called him out. Isaac Valley Flag is one of them. Oh, Isaac um, would kill him, I think. I think, I think that'd be a really good bare-knuckle fight. There was another dude that called him out, and it was like this no-name guy. And then Rowdy Beck called him out. Rowdy Beck called him out and was like, you don't even fight bare-knuckle. Who the fuck are you? Well, I guess he does fight bare-knuckle, but he pads his knuckles or something. I, or- 
I honestly don't know, but seeing Rowdy Beck call him out, I was like, all right, this is pretty awesome. I like Rowdy Beck. I love her. I yeah. love her. She's amazing. So, uh, Artem, you literally stink at fighting. As Askren said, your record is 13 and 15. I'm glad you're living the gimmick because we're all getting a good laugh out of it. Uh, so, yeah. And he goes, but then he goes, mate, you were hiding in Asia fighting retired Nike factory workers. Win a real fight. <laughs> win a real fight. Then talk pube head. Um, so I don't know. Artem might have won that round. It might be the first round he won in six years, but you think maybe he won that round? I mean, you were fighting retired Nike factory workers. That, that, was, a, that was a good line. I mean, that was the only downside of Ben being in one FC. I know he made a lot of money and looked really good, but you know, there's only a few big names in each division in that company. Whereas coming to the UFC, your debut's against Robbie fucking Lawler. It's you know, actually, there's a video of him beating Robbie Lawler in college wrestling, which I didn't even I know that happened. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I forgot that Lawler wrestled in college. I knew he was a really good high school wrestler. I think Ben Askren wins the belt inside of two years. You think so? Yeah. Which belt? Whichever one He's not he going to fight Woodley. I know he will. Yeah, but I've, in my opinion, Woodley doesn't win at 235, so... Against Kamara. Usman, really? Yeah, I, I, I don't I mean, know, this is man. My bias. This, this is my bias, but I think I think Kamaru presents an incredible challenge to Tyron, and I think he can make it a very long night for him. But you know, by the time Askren gets to number one, will Woodley be the champ anymore? Well, the thing is, is and it depends can, on the division. But can Kamaru take a punch? We've never seen him get punched clean. No. Uh, and yeah, Woodley hits so hard. And you also see a beef with Askren and Kelvin Gastelum now for middleweight. Yeah. So it really depends on where Askren lands. If he's going to pull the DC thing where he goes to 205 because Kane was the champ at the time, you know, then Askren goes to 185. I mean, I think he tears it up at either. He also wants a 165 division and calls out Khabib. But Khabib's got his own problems right now. Well, Kelvin's, first of all, Kelvin's got to beat. Kelvin's got to beat Whitaker, which is, and that is a hell of a fight. Yeah, that's going to be tough. I think Kelvin can win that fight. I definitely think. Kelvin uh, can win I think that Kelvin fight. can win. I think he will win, but that's going to be hard. But that's that's you know. You got Kelvin winning the belt that night. I, I do. I have Kelvin Gastelum beating Robert Whitaker that night. I don't know who to pick. I love that fight though. Well, well, what scares me was the was the um, when you look at how big Weidman looked against Kelvin, you saw a, a guy that is at one eighty five versus a guy that is fighting at one eighty five. You know, like a Kelvin should not be at 185. He could be 170. In fact, yeah. according to Dolce, he could be at 155. But with how many but, less limbs? But also Woodley. I mean, but but Weidman has amazing wrestling. I mean, he's a four-time All-American. Whereas I've never even seen Whitaker go to the ground. It's. I mean, he doesn't El, shoot for takedowns. That's for sure. I mean, he's got a good takedown defense, but yeah. all his wins are standing. So if he doesn't have that advantage. You know, I mean, if Kelvin, but Kelvin also put Wyman on his ass. I mean, he knocked him down and almost knocked him out. So if Kelvin's got really, really good boxing and great grappling and great everything, it's just a matter of is he going to be too big for him? But didn't he all start at 170? Who, Whitaker? Yeah. Yeah, I think he, he won Ultimate Fighter at 170, and I was actually just looking up his record. Um, other than the TKO loss to Stephen Thompson, his only other loss was a split decision to Court McGee, which, if I remember correctly, he got wrestled a little bit because Court's a wrestler. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, he does not go to the ground. He, but he's also fought mostly all strikers. Uh, uh, Romero, Jokere, oh, Derek Brunson. Oh, yeah, maybe not. All, all kind of Yeah, grabbers. but Brunson fought like a 
idiot in that fight. Well, but, yeah, uh, Brunson like, went for haymakers, and it was like a world star fight in that one. It was, yeah, it was kind of. I don't want to say embarrassing, but it yeah. was kind of embarrassing. And then Jacare got knocked out by him, right? Then, uh, but and Romero doesn't always use his wrestling. He's very slow in wrestling. He he, he just Romero's... stands there and like waits for you to fuck up, kind of. So I mean, yeah, Romero is technically probably the best wrestler in MMA. He's got two wins over Kale Sanderson, who is Olympic gold medalist, who's amazing. But he doesn't use his wrestling at all times. In fact, no. if you if you, did, if you didn't know that. You would almost not even think that Romero's a wrestler. He will be using his wrestling in his next fight, though. Romero? Yeah. Against? Paulo Costa. Ooh. Bojacina. Yeah. I, I don't think he wants to stand with that gigantic fucking brick house. And it's also like, how, when is he going to get finally get old overnight? Because that guy, I, we don't even know how old he really is. <laughs> He's probably like 78. He you know? seriously might be like 80 years old. He's one of those Cubans that like... Benjamin Button syndrome or something? But you don't know. Like Those Cuban baseball players, the Cuban boxers, like they say they're a certain age. But it, we don't know how old they really are. Uh, so anyway, so that was, uh, that was one feud, uh, the Askren. Um, now, Cowboy versus Connor. Is that going to happen? You have the inside scoop, CB. I hope so. Both have oh, agreed to it. Both have agreed to it. You know, Cowboy was saying, I'll drink proper whiskey at the press conference. And, you know, I'll bring the Budweiser. You bring the whiskey. And, you know, I know that people were talking about Connor and Poye again. But Poye says... I want a title shot unless you want to renegotiate my deal. I don't think he's really mad at the UFC right now. Yeah, but wouldn't Poirier make more money against Conor than anybody else? Uh, Poirier would definitely make a lot of money there. But the difference is um, Poirier for a title shot is definitely possible. But this Khabib tie-up nine-month thing is fucking it up. But aren't three already served? uh, If he does the PSA against (laughs) anti-bullying. Which I can't even imagine how amazing that's going to be. That it should be, be the ha- most viral video. This might be something that, that MMA awards. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I mean, I think the bear should be in it, right? Uh, Shouldn't definitely. the bear be in the bullying ad? Even like the bear saying, like, I didn't even bully Kabi. Like, well, well, somebody said that he remember he was like bullying a homeless guy back in the day, like making paying them. Yeah, to like, I don't, I don't remember. It so like, it might be funny to him, like, to watch it and be like, that was me when I bullied people. And now, like, he's nice to homeless people. Uh, this is I me mean, now. because there was a lot of outrage over that, you know, the whole homeless video thing going on. Um, but he said he won't. Khabib said he's tying up his belt until November because he won't fight before his teammates' suspensions are done. <sighs> so I think at 55 right now, Connor and Cerrone is the biggest fight you can make because for a guy like Poirier or a guy like Ferguson to fight each other, one of them's going to lose. One of them's going to lose their shot. Will they wait? That's not for an interim belt, would it be? If it shouldn't be. On, if they agree on it, I've said it on Twitter, I would not put it past the UFC to make uh... it interim just because they know that Kabi was going to tie it up. But the only positive to it is, which I didn't honestly expect, was Dana went on record yesterday saying that I can't even believe that they fined him so much and did what they did to cop the athletic commission did to Kabi, and he didn't agree with it, but he just said, you know, it is what it is. I have to deal with it. I wouldn't be shocked if there's an interim, but one of those guys, if they fight each other, is going to lose their spot, and that's the fucked up part of it because the fans have been clamoring for three or four years now for Kabi and Ferguson. That's what everybody wants to see. You need to figure out who's the top guy. And I honestly think Ferguson has a way better chance against Khabib than Poirier does. 
But then there's the rumors of Connor and Cobby begin just because it's a money fight and the brawl afterwards and all that bullshit. So I don't know where the fuck 155's going. Now, what, now what, what have you heard about the allegation with Connor with the rape? Have you heard anything I about that? I honestly haven't researched it enough to really give a shit because I knew that if it was something that was really out there, like if it was something that had like concrete information, anything, it would have been all over my Twitter, all over all the websites. You know, I haven't seen shit. But they tried to do the same thing about uh, that he cheated with Rita Ora a couple years ago and he was just, you know, having a night This out. is a lot different. No, I understand that. Yeah. But he also just had, you know, his other kid. And I'm not defending it because, once again, I don't know for Yeah, you, sure. you don't know. I just thought maybe you knew something. But if it's out there, if it was... If it was more legitimate, it would be more out there because the guy is the biggest name in the sport. Now, who do you think wins, though, Connor or uh, Cowboy? I think Connor. Cowboy's a slow starter, cutting down to 155 again. He looked great last time. 55. He did. He did. But he got Connor rocked don't early. Fuck around though. Who? Connor don't fuck around though, and Connor don't hit like Alex Hernandez. Connor hits you. You've been saying it for years. The guy is one of the hardest hitting guys in the UFC, if not yeah. MMA. You're right. I think he can ice out Cowboy early. I think he has to. Otherwise, he's going to have to weather those kicks. I just worry that sometimes Cowboy in huge fights That's the, doesn't fight the way he does. The in, biggest stage, the main event, is I mean, you look at like, where he chokes. I, I, like the Nate Diaz fight, the RDA fight, the Anthony Pettis fight. I mean, those those were three fights that like he with huge lights on him and he didn't perform the way he does when he fights Mike Perry or this. But this new baby... Cowboy Cerrone is unstoppable. It's a fire and under and his leaving ass. Jackson's gym might have been the best thing for his career. Yeah. Which I mean, he just looks like a different fighter. Well, the bad motherfucker ranch is where to train. I mean, yeah, he looks he looks better than maybe you know. Normally, I wouldn't say you know taking DMT and, and going on weird acid trips is a, is a good thing for your fighting. But the proof in the pudding. I mean, maybe it's also just the way he's the lifestyle. I mean, kids do change the way you think about things. I was gonna say, you know, it's it's kind of gone both ways. I remember um, when Dodson was gonna fight Demetrius the second time, and as soon as he got off the plane, his wife had a, left him a voicemail. The baby's coming. He had to go back. Yeah, I'm like, is it going to light a fire under his ass or is it going to put him in a position where, you know, he's more worried about his kid and newborn and whatnot? And unfortunately, he didn't do as well. Um, but Cowboy, this kid has legitimately changed his entire way of thinking. Yes, things. yes. But the, I do have to remember that Mike Perry and Alex Hernandez, True. and Hernandez might be the, a great fighter one day. I mean, he's already a great fighter. He might be a, a, a top tier fighter one day. But right now... Mike Perry, if he didn't have the, the eyebrow tattoos and the, the shtick and the swag, you know, people would not be talking about him or be excited about him. It's, no. it's, it's the whole image. And Alex Hernandez was a guy who looked great but knocked out Benil Darius on three-day notice and then won his next fight. But that's not Conor McGregor. Uh, that's no, not the same threat. It's different. So, the one thing I did see about Cowboy in the last two is he's – He's uh, quickened his pace in the first round. Usually he tests his range, kind of sees where he can go in the first. This one, he came out, even in the Mike Perry, you saw it in his face. You saw it when he got him down on the ground. You saw it on the feet. I mean, he was looking around like, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, but he got rocked in that Hernandez fight. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. But yes, Connor is a completely different animal. Right. Now, I know you're a big UFC belt fan. You you had the MA Roasted belt. Go, go, Power Rangers. Well, what... uh, I didn't really care. I, I'm not oh, a big jewelry a guy. People were making a huge deal about it, and I'm like, 
I think having a belt is more about just having the belt than the actual belt itself. I remember Tanya Evinger had her Invicta belt like in her truck, in the back of her truck, and yeah, it was like was on the, it was like my second podcast with you guys. Yeah, she had it with her. But it was just a matter of her being champ, you know, than yeah. the actual belt. People were like, but when I did see the belts next to each other, I'm like, oh, that first belt's a lot better. The first belt's a lot better. I think there's there's a couple things. One was very funny. I saw a lot of people complaining on Twitter of like, it looks like the Power Rangers morph thing, and it looks and it's stupid and this and that. And somebody replied to one of them was like, don't worry, you'll never win one anyway. Oh, that's funny. Um, the fact that they're selling them for like nine hundred dollars in the UFC store is a little ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Um, because you can get the old belt for three hundred bucks like that. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I did notice, and they might have kind of taking a page from the WWE on this one Yep, is they made it so there's like side plates and gems and stuff that you can flip out and add to. So as you get, I think the rule is now is, you know how every time they defended a title successfully, they got another belt to keep. Yeah. That's why DJ has like 50. Um, they're, I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think what they're going to do is they're going to add new gems of like, this is how many title defenses you have. And then it just like adds to you know that whole thing because I think this one costs a hell of a lot more uh, than the last one in terms of like what the UFC pays for it because theirs is real of course, um, but I don't hate it. I love the old belt. I really love the the old school Ultimate Ultimate belt that had the actual logo on it. Yeah, that was the best belt. Yeah, it was it was one of the coolest ones. I think it was the best one. Other You're than, right. Like, I didn't even think about that one. Other than WEC one, I loved the WEC one. But you know what? People get used to the the new belt. People fear change, so that's like one of the biggest issues. But I think it's a cool design. I think it, you know, it just. It looks kind of funny right now because we're not used to it yet. And yeah. the only one that has one is Cejudo. Right, 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 right. Uh, so, by the way, um, I think that TJ should get a, uh, also a, a rematch at 135 yes, against Cejudo. And they were talking about not giving Cyborg a rematch. And I'm like, what is that? Cyborg defended her, her belt like, what, 85 fucking times? She hadn't lost in dominated since everybody. her first fight ever. I mean... What are we took? I and mean, she got hit with a punch. It wasn't like she got, you know, look, when somebody goes out there and they get destroyed for five rounds, you know, I could say, you know what? They, don't, they didn't win one minute of the round. It just got beat up to the point where, like, I don't know, maybe like uh, BJ Penn versus, uh, or like the rematch of, like, not, it wasn't four rounds, but the rematch of GSP versus Matt Serra. It's something where it's just a one sided beatdown, yeah. you know? There are certain fights like that where, you know, Cain Velasquez used to do that to, like, Cain Velasquez versus Junior Dos Santos, the second and third one, where it was just, that was rough. You could say this doesn't, but when you get knocked, I almost think that when you get knocked out with a punch early in a fight, the rematch is almost more warranted than just getting completely outclassed and destroyed. Because a punch can change a fight, which is why I think the Stipe Miocic Daniel Cormier rematch is completely warranted. And people are like, well, it ha- doesn't happen in the past. It has they happened. Joanna Rose. Joanna Rose, right? Um, Joanna and, got shellacked. You know, GSP versus Sarah. Uh, I think, I think well, that GSP fought a couple other guys. There were a couple. I, I went through it, and there was TV a couple. matches. yeah. Look at uh, TJ and Cody. TJ and Cody. An- another one. Yes. Right. Uh, and, 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 and it happens all the time. And, and, and I could see if the heavyweight division was stacked 
where you're like, no, this guy's 10 and 0, and this guy's 16 and 0. There's nobody fucking else at 45. They're just fucking over Steve Amiochik. And everyone says. They're fucking over Cyborg, too. And people keep know? saying, well, DC deserves a big payday for, for Brock Lesnar. Are we going to wait forever to, for Brock, though? Because it doesn't look like he's coming. And he's 40 something years old, and he wasn't that good three years. I mean, he beat and Mark you can Hunt. Tell he's off roids now because I watch WWE every week, and, you know, he's, he's getting small. And are we not forgetting the beatdown he got against Kane Velasquez and Overeem? We are just gonna. We're all just gonna. He, I don't. He wasn't the champ, but yeah, the Kane one. I mean, we're just gonna forget about that. The fact that he got punched, started breakdancing. I mean, look, I'm I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan, but let's not confuse the Brock Lesnar before diverticulitis and the Brock Lesnar after with two different Brock Lesnars. And he, he and he got paparoids every single time. Yeah. To the point where Mark Hunt like sued the UFC because of it, the way that he was treated. So why are we giving? Why are we rewarding that kind of behavior? And Stephen Miocic is a great guy, and everyone, well, DC deserves a good payday. Well, the other guy's a fucking firefighter and an EMT. If DC wants a good payday. He should have to fulfill the requirement of an immediate rematch for the title. And if he beats Stephen the second time, and he wasn't fucking retiring in a month, you know, then you get your big payday. But when you put a date on your the end of your career. You're not. You're only going to take what's going to bring you, the the, the biggest opportunity. And what is this guy homeless? He's a fucking. He's like the world champion. He's getting paid by Fox. He's got commercials. He didn't make DC money. He was on ridiculousness last week. He didn't. He, he didn't make money. Well, that's pays eight bucks. But he. I know, but, but, he's but still. Like, but he doesn't get paid in like the John Jones fights that he had. I mean, how. Like, when are we looking out for the... The guy could retire many, many times over right now, okay? And I think... And his kids... I'm sure he could pay for his kids' college and everything else. I don't know his economics, but, I, but I'm pretty sure he's but doing... he also ve- doesn't live a lavish lifestyle. Yeah. He said it. He's, he's not living in, you know, $50 million mansions. You know, Connor's buying a hotel for, in Ireland for $12 million. But, like, DC's not doing that. There's a he, lot of guys that make he's that doing, He's doing... Enough of this, well, he deserves a good... Like, we're, like these guys are homeless. I deserve... To not spend $75 of, of my fucking hard-earned money to, to watch a guy fight Brock Lesnar when he's not even ranked in the top 20 right now. And I hate and to it, say it, but even if Brock beat him, he's going to test positive again. And like, yeah, dude, and he's it, talking about, I don't want to fight Jones because he tested positive. Brock fails every fight. Right. I love Brock Lesnar. I'm one of Brock's biggest fans, but... The guy can't keep it together. He can't take a fight. And he doesn't like getting punched in the face. No, so that so he deserves one. Uh, Cyborg, Cyborg definitely deserves, deserves one. one. My biggest issue with that is Nunez. Nunez talking about I'm not one for, I'm done with 145. Like it pissed me off to not be able to fit in my jeans. And then, oh, Cyborg, you want a rematch? I need to train for two years for that rematch. Cyborg wants to be done too. She wants to be done this year. And she was the most dominant female in his, the history of the sport. Except for her first ever pro fight. And that was like 13 fucking years ago or more. Yeah. The girl deserves a rematch. Clarissa Shield said it to her in the backstage after the fight. Said, I love you, Cyborg. You're one of my best friends. But you shouldn't have brawled with her. But there's no reason you shouldn't get a rematch. Yeah, that. And then also, you know, so and, and so TJ Dillashaw, enough with the, I don't understand. Maybe he doesn't like eating. Maybe he wants to audition to play in that, uh, the next thing where the, uh, what was it? The 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 guy who uh, who, who went uh, the machinist. The machinist, yeah. The machinist, yeah. I know what you're talking about with like four words. Yeah, right. Exactly, Christian Bale. I don't know what the fuck he's thinking, but he, you know, does, should fight at 135 because it seems like they're getting rid of the 25 division now, right? Yeah, or or they right. have got rid of it. I mean, all week it was like, are you keeping it? Are you keeping it? What if Cejudo wins? Are you keeping it? No comment. 
And then Dana just freaks out and starts bitching about Ariel Helwani. That was hilarious. And by the way, the monkey god is like fighting on some local card now. And that guy is one of the... Like, Jared Brooks? Yeah, a lot of those guys. You go on his Instagram, I'm like, look, I'm happy he's got a fight. He's got money coming in and whatever it is. But man, he's one of the top guys in the world. He could have easily been undefeated. He's a great fighter. Uh, look, he got screwed over. Who? Ben Nguyen. Oh, yeah. Another guy. Did you see who he's got announced for last night? What? Horiguchi and Ryzen. Ooh. I hate to say it, and I put this on Twitter, but Ben 10 is going to get fucking destroyed. Dude, I could not believe Horiguchi beat Caldwell. I, mean, I know that like, if the fight would have been in the cage, people say it would have been different because of the ring and yada yada. There's a rematch coming but, in Bellator. Man, that was... I, didn't, I was shocked, but Caldwell's, I was shocked. Caldwell's biggest issue in his losses was the guillotine. The guillotine and also fading in the third. Yeah, he, he Anglo got him. And he seemed like he, he didn't seem like it was the same fighter that usually. He came out, he was like laughing, and he, I don't know, he didn't seem like he took it seriously. But yeah, something was off with Caldwell. Yeah. that night. Yeah, poor Gucci. I mean, he has never looked better, man. There's people saying that he would beat Demetrius right now, and you know, it'd be interesting to see because I know Demetrius is going to get a few guys coming up that nobody's heard of in one FC and. They're doing that whole thing, so and that event I think is coming up because they're doing a huge worldwide media tour. DJ and Eddie Alvarez are coming to LA and Vegas to do open workouts and media days for uh, for what the One FC events coming up. So look, let's talk about my friend Colby Covington. Look, <laughs> what the hell is going look, on? With I him? love Colby Covington. Like Colby Covington is a friend. Oh, he's a friend of mine. A good, he's a, he's a pretty good friend. Came to my show. We we talk sometimes. I don't know what he's doing right now because Colby, look, even if he did get passed over, right? He got passed over. Come on, man. You're one of the best in the world. You're right up there. And I got to think that no, you're next, there. You're next in line. You're he's the, there. I mean, going after the UFC, calling it a circus, saying Dana White has floppy tits or whatever he's saying on Instagram. The Mark approach. But when has that ever worked for a fighter? It doesn't. It doesn't. Man, come on, because he's so good, and I get it. Like, but he's not the only one doing it right now. Justin Poirier is doing the same exact thing right now. Really? He's talking mad shit. He said, you know, the right, so, is bullshit. This is so. Okay, here's some cliff notes about the interview he did. Doesn't mind going to the, taking the UFC to court to get released, daring the UFC to show their balls. That's uh, come on. I mean, even if they even if they release him, I mean, maybe the PFL will pick him up. And he could win the million dollars. I don't he, think they have any more money. No, they do. They have, They got. They got a lot. Of, I know. Yeah, they do. But I mean, he'd be good in that tournament because he has a good style for that. Yeah. But um, he says that uh, Ali Abdulaziz lied under oath for the UFC in court. I don't. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Colby has uh, paid out of his pocket to visit the troops. Uh, Dana's mad because he still want to date his side chicks. Uh, John Jones is the biggest fuck up. You know, that, you know, Kobe wants to do WWE no matter what happens. He's going for it in May. Uh, and he says that Dana and the UFC are a bunch of bitch ass snowflakes with no balls running a circus shit show. So, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, dude, you're still employed by them. They're the ones who are giving you fights. They can make you, the, you know, you're the one fighting, and I get it, you're the talent. People are still going to watch the UFC without Colby Covington. Yeah. Uh, the, the show will go on. And that's the sad part for him. And he has to realize that because I love Colby Covington. I love watching him fight. He's a friend of mine. I want to see him in there against Woodley. 
I want to see him in there against Usman. And his shtick now is better than ever. His shtick of like with the naked girls on Instagram. And and all that stuff. I mean, it's hilarious. He's funny. He's a funny dude. He's funny and he's talented. He's he's cornered a a really good gimmick for himself. And he's a a big Trump guy. He's at the White House. But come on, man. Fighting with Dana has never worked for anybody. I mean, think about the guys who did it. Tito did it. You know, maybe you could say, but like... It didn't. It didn't work. Uh, ben Askren finally. He's thirty-seven now. He's in the and all. And all. All he did was say he was like a. He's a fat ball guy or something. It wasn't even like he did this whole. He's not walking out with a shirt that says Dana's my bitch. Yeah. Like Tito did. Yeah. But Verdum's doing the same shit right now too. Verdum, Poirier, Colby. Verdum wants out. He's got you know. But didn't he test positive a couple times too? Yeah. Well, he's out on suspension, but he wants out of the UFC completely. And you know the only. I don't know. I think once you test positive, like you're. You know, not, I mean, but Josh Barnett did the same thing. He tested. They, you know, pulled him from everything. And then he was like, fuck it, dude. I want out. Frank Mir as well. You know, a lot of those guys, they get fed up, but it's just not the right way to do it when they're. I still feel like in a way, though, the UFC and Dana like Colby for some reason, like uh, like because because Dana did say in interviews, like he'll get the next shot. After Usman Woodley. Yeah, but I heard there's like some intricacies behind it and like something that had to do with like he wasn't ready or his thumb wasn't ready and he needed it. And Dana, I mean, Dana overreacts to a lot of things and exaggerates and lies a lot too. But, you know, it's just an unfortunate situation. Does he lie? I mean, what does he he lie? What does he lie about? He, He, okay, I won't say lie. He fibs a little bit. Like he'll say, you know, I'm not making this fight. And then a week later, he's like, guess what? Big announcement. Like that kind of thing. So it's like you never really know what to believe. I don't, I, I should rephrase and not call him a liar, but he kind of fibs a little bit to kind of keep the scoop. I don't know. I, I think he does a great job with but the I UFC. I heard that Colby had his own issues and he wasn't ready to fight at this point. So Dana said, you know what? Then we're moving Usman up. And I think that's, you know, I think that's the right move instead of holding up the division because any of these divisions that get log jammed and, and they get screwed up in that in that way, it's it's annoying to the fans. Like we want to see course. the champs defend. We want to see these title fights. We don't want seventy five events on ESPN plus where there's no titles being I'm just happy that Usman's fighting them and not like they brought in some like that's my biggest gripe with uh the sport right now is that they're not the number one guys, number two guys aren't like they're bringing in people that like the, the big money fights they're bringing in because well, yeah, they're I understand that select. like like boxing did that for a while. Boxing would just all of a sudden you know make you know Hagler her you know whatever it was these big money fights sometimes that where the guy wasn't ranked top one two or three but it was a, but and what I didn't you mean like Hendo versus Bisping the second time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like Hendo Bisping the second time is a perfect example. Um, you don't, I, I like ten shouldn't be. Up I like Anthony Smith, John Jones. I don't care if Anthony Smith has ten thousand Twitter followers, whatever he has. I love you know? that fight. I, I like the number one guy, regardless of how other followers, how, and I think that's in the long run better for the sport, yeah. uh, versus like quick money grabs. And I understand the the philosophy. I think Bellator kind of does that, where they go, "Well, you know, look, we'll put some shiny objects up there. People will get everyone's attention, and then we'll throw some good guys on the undercard or whatever, and then you'll stay and watch for those guys." Well, that was that was but, one of my biggest gripes with DC was he won he won the light heavyweight title or whatever, or he won the heavyweight title, and he had both. And he goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna defend my 205 title against Shogun." I'm like, nobody even knows who the fuck Shogun is anymore. He's been knocked out. Wait, you said that recently. Yeah. When? 
It was a few months ago. He wanted oh. to defend the 205 title before he retired, and he was calling out Shogun for the title defense. Shogun doesn't know where he is right now. That's really weird. To fight for the title. Was this after Anthony Smith knocked out Shogun or before? I don't know the timeline, but it was it was pretty recently. I think it was right after DC won the title from Stipe. He had both, and he said, "If I do defend the 205 title, I want to defend it against Shogun." And I'm wow. Like, Shogun's like number between seven and ten or something right now, and like, what do you think of Cody Garbrandt's next fight? Pedro Munoz? Yeah. I think he might have a tough time. Oof. If Pedro gets him to the ground, or, Co- I mean, Cody doesn't go for a lot of takedowns, but if Cody does go for a sloppy takedown, or if it gets to the ground, Pedro's a hell of a black belt. Very, very talented black belt. I I don't know. I could honestly see it going either way. Um, I could see Cody knocking Pedro's head off. I could see Pedro submitting Cody. It's crazy. Cody's one of those guys that everyone jumped on the train and then everyone jumped off the train. Because uh, same with like Ngannou. I can't wait for Ngannou Kane. That's, that should be an interesting fight. I kind of, I don't know. I think Ngannou, if Ngannou touches him, it's over. Because... Plus, Kane hasn't fought in three years. But then again, Kane's wrestling and he's training with DC every day. I mean, <sighs> shit. Well, my, my thing with Garbrandt was, and this has happened with a few champs, um, they're humble, they're great people, they're like, you know, amazing fighters. They get that belt and their personality switches a little bit. Yeah. Know? The biggest culprit, in my opinion, was Carla Sparzo when she won the Strawway title. Really? Before that, absolute sweetheart, no issues. Like, Carla was the shit. She won the title, and it was like. Didn't want to be bothered by anybody. Thought greatest thing since sliced bread, and you know it was tough to watch. I don't and then know. You I, kind see of feel, I kind of feel like with her though is that she's a pretty shy person in general. But then you she see, but the, the, the problem is that like, they, go, they you see their downfall after, like when they lose the belt, and then it changes things again. It kind of reverts back of like, you know, there's there's been people that have even noticed like, yeah, you know, I lost the belt and I needed to change the way I looked at things. Oh yeah. And, and figure out my whole life all together. Well, like Caitlin Kukagan. Kukagan. I like her a lot. She's a sweetheart. Super talented. But she said that like uh, when she won, she had like a hundred people texting her. When she lost, it was like four. You well, know? you see who your who your true people are. That's why you know the Fairweather fans thing. It just doesn't work anymore, and that's just like doesn't work for who. It doesn't. It doesn't work in general in the MMA game. I mean, in any sport or any you know celebrities, anything. Fairweather fans, they're always going to exist. But when you're down, when the when you hit rock bottom, that's when you know who your true people are. That's when you know who your family is. That's when you know. That's how you know who your real friends are. Right. And you know, it's, it's unfortunate to find out because you're like, everybody loves me. Everybody loves me. I got, you know, 10 million fans. You take one loss. And everybody's like, that guy fucking sucks. Oh, He's yeah, terrible no, now. And you're like, you're not getting in there with him. So he took a loss. No, of course. Like, that was the biggest thing with Connor losing. Everybody, Fuck Connor. Khabib's the best. Nate Diaz. No, the best. well, Connor had a lot of people that didn't like him beforehand. And he brought that a lot of, on no, himself. but he has, a ton of Fairweather friends when he's winning they're like Connor's the greatest thing in the world and then he loses oh he fucking sucks he couldn't even well I feel like those people were waiting though those people were waiting but that's the problem yeah that's the problem in in sports and in general you know Super Bowl's on Sunday 
you're going to have fans of the Patriots. You're going to have fans of the Rams. Whoever loses that game, which I'm predicting that the Patriots are going to lose because of Drake's sweater, um, you're going to see people go, oh, the fucking Patriots suck. Tom Brady's a fucking pile of car. But it goes both ways. You know, the winners, people, Tom Brady fucking cheated again. That's how it must have happened. And this yeah. guy. And that. So it's going to be in every sport. It's just unfortunate that the, the person that has the spotlight has to find out through a loss who their real people are. Right. Very deep, CB. And speaking of major wins. Let's, let's just talk to Henry Corrales right now. I hope he picks up. Hello, Henry. All right. Hello? Hello, Henry Corrales. What's up, people? Listen, sexual performance issues, more common than you think. Over 25% of new ED cases are guys under the age of 40. And 40% of men by age 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection. Even the world's greatest actor can't fake one. Why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing? Well, they can turn to medicine and science. I'm telling you, people, okay? Get it together, all right? You don't want to struggle with that thing down there. It's not fun. No bueno. The solution... Go to 4 It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. All right? I'm telling you, you don't want to finally get that girl or guy back to your place. And then, uh, it's insulting. They take it personal. Trust me, it's, it's never a fun thing. All right? And Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat ED. All right? There's no waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor visits, no lines. Save hours by going to 4 It is so easy. Being your best means performing your best. It's erectile without the dysfunction. It's hard made easy. Say hello to your little friend, all right? You could try hymns for a month today, but for just $5, we'll get you started for just 5 bucks while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4hims.com slash MMAROASTED. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash MMAROASTED. 4hims.com slash MMAROASTED. What's up, people? Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Okay, they strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence, okay? They got no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. But Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. They don't keep all of your profits. The design is very easy to use, okay? And you learn by doing. Learn to invest as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks and track favorites companies with personalized news feeds, okay? Listen, they're giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at mmaroasted.robinhood.com. That's MMAroasted.RobinHood.com. Once again, MMAroasted.RobinHood.com. Check them out right now. What's up, dude? What's up? You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me and CB Gold. What's up, man? How are you, buddy? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. I'm good. I'm good. We're uh, I'm right here at the LFA Wayne's for my uh, my buddy Hunter Azure. And uh, David Mashad and uh, Kyler Phillips, dude, they're all scrapping tomorrow. Yeah, I love David. We're, we're about to weigh in for these guys. Yeah, David came to my show when I was in town last week. Uh, you didn't. Uh, not uh, Last time I was in Arizona. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. But David was there. Oh, yeah. So, uh, no, I'm saying, you, I'm saying you didn't come, but David came. <laughs> Where? To my comedy show. Last time I was in Arizona. I came to the lab. I supported all you guys. Oh, when was it? It was like a year ago, but I'll be... <laughs> 
I'll be back and like I'll be, I'll I'll I'll, I'll yeah. be back. Yeah, all your guys I'll came. I'll be there next time for sure. Thank you. Sugar Sean came and Drakkar came and Lauren Murphy came and John yeah. John Crouch yeah. came. So I'll get all drunk and heckle you. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> congrats on your huge win over Aaron Pico. Did you think you were because like when this fight was announced, I was like. Honestly, this is a really tough fight for Pico. I go, this guy, they're putting him in deep. And everyone kept saying, Pico, Pico, Pico. Did you feel like you were being overlooked for this fight? Um, yeah, but I think, you know, that's just because of the hype that that kid had. You know, I think anybody that was in the scrap one was going to be an underdog. You know, because, you know, he has some serious uh, amateur credentials and he was smashing these other guys. Yeah. You know, so uh, the hype was real with that guy. No, the hype, uh, the hype you know, was real, but I think at the same time, yeah. At the same time, I don't, I don't get caught up in that shit. You know what I mean? I got thirteen out of my seventeen wins or finishes. You know, and for a featherweight, that's that's a high finishing rate. So yeah. I know what I'm about. So it doesn't matter what any of these guys say. So I was cool, man. I've been labeled a lot worse than the underdog, so <laughs> I was even tripping. The odds for the odds against him is yeah. the underdog. He was up to like plus four fifty. Four fifty underdog. Plus four fifty. Wow. Some people made some money that night. Yeah, bro, my buddy, my buddy put five grand on me. Wow, was your buddy Aaron Pico? <laughs> so he, so he, yeah, so he, so he came up on some cash, dude. Wow, he's he's gonna in, take me out to a nice dinner, my buddy Bully. You know, I, I had a feeling, but then when he when he rocked you first, I was like, uh oh. Uh, now, how hurt were you? Uh, dude, well, the thing was, you know, you always hear fighters say like, dude, it's it's the punches that you don't see that kind of hurt you or phase you or whatever. And that's exactly what happened. Cause I was, I was trying to stick him with the jab and I blocked my own peripheral and he shot just a perfectly timed right uppercut, right up the pipe. Dude, I just did not see it coming at all. It was like just one of those punches. Like who the fuck hit me? Was, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, but the moment, the moment my ass touched the canvas, I was, uh, I was, I was, I was right back, dude. I was, I was right back to normal. And, uh, I got up and I chucked a couple heavy hands at him. And I kind of, kind of, kind of clipped him too, and I circled out to see where my legs were at, and they were good. I, I circled out once, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm good." And I just beeline right back to him and got after it. Yeah, and then I, I saw him like winging punches, and I'm like, "He better keep his hands up." Uh, how happy were you when you saw his hand down? When I what? When you saw him drop his hands, like I mean, you had just, you had like a, just a, his hands were so low. Oh yeah, he, he was just—he was just digging to the body like recklessly, just, just—and he, dude, they were landing. I was feeling them for sure, but I was like, you know what I mean? I, I was just like, dude, he's digging—he's going so hard for the body, dude. That that head's open, and I just, I just darted one in there, dude. Oh, uh, it was—it was a thing of beauty. And then, you know, I—I I knew he was in trouble because when Freddie Roach was saying. Yeah, he's got a future in boxing. He can spar with Miguel Cotto and go rounds with Cotto. Uh, you know, no one could. And I'm like, yeah, but they're 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 overlooking how good like your boxing is. I think Freddie, you know, like ten years ago, you know, a, a guy that had really good hands in MMA really stood out. But now it seems like a lot of people have good hands in MMA. Well, here's the thing, dude. There's, here's a fact. There's a difference between MMA striking and boxing. It's just a fact. It's just it's just the way it is, dude. And uh, you know, I think I showed it. You know, even you know, and uh, I struck him. You know, I, I landed more shots than him. You know, that one uppercut was clean, dude. And, you know, he almost got the job done with that. 
but you know that one shot just didn't do it, and I I landed a lot more shots than him. No, it was it was it was I was like I was really happy for you because I feel like uh, you're a guy you know like you started out you were twelve and zero, and then you go into Bellator and you go on like a zero and three. Uh, losing streak. You fought Daniel Strauss on two weeks' notice. Nobody would have done that. Uh, and I felt like you kind of, you know, had to build yourself up. Now you're on a five-fight winning streak. So. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it, dude. You know, it was really good to see. And I was, re- I was, I was reading up about you. So you, um, you got jumped. You were on a skateboard. And six guys were like, what are you looking at? You're like, fuck you. And then you got stabbed with a skate- on a skateboard. Like, what, the, what happened there? Uh, it's just some, just some typical Southern California shit, dude. I was just, you know, just, just blocking. The sun was in my eyes. And I was probably making some weird face. And uh, these fucking cholos, gangsters or whatever, they're like, what are you looking at? And I was like, oh, I was trying to explain myself. You know, like the sun's in my eyes. And then as soon as I, I as soon as I said that, like I was like, "Damn, you sound like a bitch." And I was like, "You know what? Fuck you!" And I just like took fight on them. And then one of them had a knife, and then I had to defend myself accordingly with my skateboard. But, yeah, the only reason why I even like share those type of stories was to you know to give credit to martial arts for kind of like changing my life and uh, giving me some direction and discipline and stuff, man. Well, well, sport. well, did you get stabbed? What was that? Did you get stabbed by those guys? Did they stab yeah. you? Yeah. Where? In the stomach. Oh. So, I mean, how how long yeah. were, like how long were you in the hospital for? Oh, I didn't even go to the hospital, dude. We we, uh, we I didn't have no insurance or nothing like that. I was a I was just a young club, I was a teenager, and uh, just we just put we just rigged it, dude. Put some duct tape on it, and just went on with our day. Jesus, and then then I heard you. When I, now, were you were you in jail in your early twenties? Yeah, I've I've I've, uh, I've been in jail a couple times, dude. What did you go to jail for? Just some, just some typical loser knucklehead shit. You know what I mean? Some fights. I got a little DUI when I was a teenager. Uh, vandalism. You know, nothing nothing too crazy, but just just being a just being a knucklehead, man. How long was your longest stint in jail? I think like two and a half, three weeks maybe. Oh my yeah. god! The last, the last time, I, the last time I was in jail was for uh, like a little warrant, and uh, I had took my vacation from work, and then uh, you know I was in there, and I was like, dude, what am I doing? Like this is so fucking lame. And so I was like, when I get out, like in my head, I was like, when I get out, I'm gonna be a professional fighter. I'm gonna start fighting. I'm gonna train UFC, and uh, you know, just got out, and I just. I haven't been in trouble since because I started training, man, and I just started uh, living a different lifestyle. And just so grateful for the sport, man. Really, really, you know, you hear fighters say it all the time, and you know, I know what they mean because it just uh, it really does change your life. Now, I I heard that you when you uh, when you started training, you had no martial art background, like right? Did you did you wrestle at all in high school or college? No, nothing, dude. And then you went right to sparring. With zero, yeah. and you spar with pros with absolutely no, with actually no background. Yeah, with no, dude, I'll just roll up and just, <laughs> just start chucking with all those guys. I mean, now, you don't, you don't know how to wrestle, you don't know any submissions, I mean, you, you don't know anything? No. So how no, do you, I just know how to, I just, I've always known how to throw hands, dude. I've always been fighting my whole life, just, I've always, 
<laughs> you know, I've always just been willing to fight, you know, and uh, I really like it. So <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was an easy, smooth transition, to be honest with you. Yeah, but what about the guy? Now, what? This is in Orange County. Yeah, right there in Orange County. It was like a, um, it was like a LA boxing place. Now, I mean, weren't people kind of dis- discouraged that like they were like brown belts or you know they were Muay Thai masters or wrestling all Americans and some guy up the street uh, just starts beating them up? Yeah, like dude, like yeah, I was I was really annoying to train with because I just wanted to go like. 100. <laughs> I, oh, you know what? I actually played football, so I was able to, like, dude, I was able to just tackle some wrestlers. I, I could kind of hang with them just because I knew how to, you know, tackle people. So I would just, like, tackle them all, like, retarded. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, pretty, first, like, year of training was pretty ridiculous because I wouldn't really uh, work technique and stuff. No, but, were, like, like weren't, you, weren't you getting, like, submitted, though, with, like, guillotines or arm bars or triangles? Yeah, then, you know, I started, you know, I started, and then, you know, you start to get humble about these pros that are, like, super good. They're just, like, running clinics on me, and I'm like, dude, I'm stronger. Like, in my head, I'm like, dude, I felt stronger than these guys. I felt tougher, but they're just outclassing me. So then I slowly, you know what I mean, like, just humbled enough to just, like, all right, I got to fucking learn this shit. So, yeah. So you and, you and Rob Emerson must have, like, crazy stories going back and forth to, like, your jail days and, like, getting locked up and being in Orange County and gang members, right? What did you say? What was that last part? I was saying, I mean, just being, like, just being psychopaths. You and Rob Emerson must have crazy stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, well, you don't like Rob Emerson? I'm sorry. You got kind of cut off. What was that last part? Are you friends with Rob Everson? Because it seemed like you and Rob would have a lot in common. Oh, dude, Rob's my buddy, dude. We're from the we're from the same. Uh, not too. We grew up not too far from each other, so yeah, that's the, that's the homie for sure. No, I was saying you guys seem like you have a lot of similar backgrounds. You're both from Orange Counties, got in trouble, being knuckleheads, had no real experience. Yeah. I, I would think that you guys yeah. were like you know like blood brothers in a lot of ways. Oh, they were, yeah. I told him when I first met him, I was like, oh, you know so-and-so. And we have mutual friends in this band. I was like, we're going to be friends. And he was like, ha, ah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That That's awesome. So how did you end up in Arizona? So my, my chick started some doctoral program out here at uh, ASU. And uh, Eddie, Eddie Chaw was my striking coach back home in Southern California. And he took off too. And I was like, fuck, dude, my broad's leaving me and my fucking coach. And I was like, I'm fucking out of here. So I left, I left California, and then it worked out because I was like on a little three fight losing streak, you know. From I, I took some short notice scraps, and uh, you know I was I was due for a change of play, pace, and it just dude, it worked out so wonderfully, dude. I've been, you know, I'm five and zero now since coming out here. Oh my god! Now, uh, now you, you and uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley hang out. It seems like you guys would be good friends too. Oh, the Sugar Show, man. He's awesome. He's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, I like your whole team, man. You guys are so different because it's like a bunch of like pod. It's, it's like it's like potheads, it's so like cool. crazy guys, and then like yeah. and then Ben Henderson was like a God Jesus guy. Lauren Murphy. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, Lauren Murphy was a heroin addict yeah. at like age four. It's just it's crazy. You yeah, get, dude. Every, everybody, everybody there is like a transplant from all over the country. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and they're all focused, dude. Like you know, they left home. So, like, nobody's fucking around. Like, once you get to the lab, you've sacrificed so much to even be there. Like, you're not playing, dude. You're, you're, you're going to go for it. 
And if you don't, you're gonna get smashed because there's a lot of everybody's there for a service, you know. Oh, hell yeah! Now, do you do you spar with uh, Drakkar? Yeah, yeah, Drakkar's one of my main sparring partners. Dude, that fucking guy after the fight, he almost got kicked out of the whole venue, dude, because he ran through the crowd, through barriers, and jumped on the fence. Oh like my Conor god! McGregor stuff. And he was like, dude, I was I was just standing there and I looked over and he's like, fuck yeah, like going crazy. I was like, oh shit, what's up, dog? That's awesome. Did, didn't he also run in with, uh, didn't Brandon Lambert from the Turp House join him on that? Yeah, yeah, he was he was hanging out with those guys too, right there. I, I freaking love that guy. He's a, he's a good dude. Drakkar? Yeah, Drakkar's a good dude. He remembers dude. me every time I see him. He's a super cool dude. So tell us, so, so what happened with what's your name at uh, your gym? The girl that... uh. With like the fake accent, what's it? Uh, the hot Brazilian Mackenzie Dern. Yeah, what happened with Mackenzie Dern? Oh, I don't even know, dude. I I was here at the gym sometimes, but then I guess some stuff happened. Oh. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about her. Oh, hmm. So, are you married to your chick now? You guys, you guys have kids. You guys married? What's the deal? Do I have kids? Or, or do I got, am I married? Yeah. Is that what we said? Yeah. Oh no, neither. Yeah. I just got I just got a lady and then uh, been been with her for like six years. Well, she's uh she keeps she keeps me out of trouble, keeps me focused. Well, what are you waiting for, man? That sounds like a good girl. You should, you should pop the question. She, yeah, she. Well, I'm over here fighting people for money in the cage, and she's <laughs> she's uh she's finishing up her doctorate, so she, she gets she gets that in uh, April and May. So once she once she's done with that, she's in Ann Arbor, Michigan right now. Oh wow! I'm actually going to take off. I'm going to take off next week to go visit her for like a week or two. That's and awesome. Then, uh, yeah, but that's definitely the plan for sure. I love it. I love it. Now, how's uh, David look? The, the uh, bulldog. How's the what? How's David look? The bulldog, David Michaud. Oh, the bulldog's ready, dude. He's fucking ready, man. I'm excited for him. He's tough, dude. He's tough as nails, and he he brings the heat, man. I freaking seen him fight. Yeah, you I know, love that guy. He ain't he ain't scared of a little confrontation in the fucking ring. So, man, I'm really pumped up for this one. And you know this this other guy's pretty good too. So yeah, Christian Aguilera is one of the biggest. And it's, yeah, and it's, and it's the main event, so it's like I love that. I I I, I, I like his girlfriend too. Uh, horses, her many horses. Yeah, she's a badass. She's 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 cool. They're good people. So, what was your question you had for him? Oh, um, Henry. So, I wanted to ask because I know you mentioned in your post fight interview you'd love to get that title shot. Um, <clears throat> I'm hearing that Pitbull may go up to 55 to fight Chandler, and if that happens, would you be interested in a fight with AJ McKee in a title eliminator, or would you want to wait for Pitbull? <clears throat> dude, I'll fight any of these guys. Yeah, uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter, dude. Yeah, that'd be a great fight. That's the one thing about Bellator. I feel like they're kind of g- giving AJ some soft. Like they, they they put you up against everybody, and then other guys they just kind of like MVP or AJ McKee. They give them guys that are like, oh, come on, like let's see him against a real challenging yeah. opponent. That's well, you know well, when when I got well when I got signed with Bellator, like I was like twelve and 0, 10 finishes, and uh, I was like, dude, don't even fucking bother signing me if you're not gonna let me fight like the toughest guys you got you know what i mean because you can only fight for so many years and like i don't know like i wouldn't be able to look in the mirror and just like i didn't fight the toughest guys like i want to fight all the savages you know what i mean yeah and so yeah you know like i fought strauss uh, and then uh on short notice kind of and uh sanchez and then pitbull on two 12 days notice so dude it's all good sign me up dude i'm here to fight 
I love it. I love it. Well, listen, Henry Corrales, you're a badass. I was so proud of you, man. I was so happy for you. Um, can't wait to see you back in the cage. And uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll see you guys around, dude. Anytime. Take care. Later. All right. That was Henry Corrales. Okay, Corrales. Yeah, someone was like, he lost a guy whose nickname was OK. I'm like, all right, that doesn't. Because it's, it's a fucking Wild West joke. <laughs> I know. People are so stupid. Oh, man. Corrales is, is a badass. My brain though. hurts. I didn't realize he wasn't at the lab before his winning streak. No, and that's one of the. If, if in every post fight interview that he's won in, in since joining, he says, you know, yeah, I went on that streak and then I found the lab and it completely changed my entire game plan and like. Between Eddie Chaw and John Crouch, and you know Benson's a, uh, a coach out there too now, and you know they've got a huge team. We were even saying it. You got Lauren Murphy, Efren Escudero, Sean O'Malley. Uh, they had Mackenzie Dern, um, Dracar Close. Yeah, Dracar Close. There's so many guys out of that. That camp has expanded. Rob Everson. Yeah, since well, Rob floats around too though. Rob Rob helps Cyborg a lot. He's Johnny Case was there when I was there. Yeah, Johnny Case has been there. You know, the the camp it was originally just oh the lab Ben Henderson. Yeah, and yeah. that was it. It was like Ben Efren Escudero. That was it. They've gotten so many guys. They've gotten so many girls since then. And like, they're yeah, yeah. Out of a camp. No, they're they invited me. To, they invited camp. me to watch sparring, live sparring. Yeah, I remember and, uh, over there. And I, I watched Ben Henderson work at a rate that I was like. Oh my God! Like they just kept. It was like he was getting sharked, and, yep. and he was murdering everybody, and murdering like guys that I've seen fight before, and like taking it to him. And then, and then I was like, Wow, how good is Michael Chandler? Because you see the guys that he lost to, and you're like, Holy shit! Yeah. But anyway, so what do you got coming up, CB? Not a whole lot, man. I'm getting married in 86 days. Nice. CB. So that's I'm pl- still planning the wedding, doing that yes. whole thing. Tattoo shop, Graffiti Palace Tattoo, 4427 Lancashire Boulevard, North Hollywood, California. Mention MMA Roasted to get 10% off your tattoo. Consultations are free. Shop minimum is only $60 in comparison to shops around the corner from us that are $150. Um, But yeah, just, you know, spending a lot of time with my family, trying to keep my mom sane after uh, we took a loss. And that, that's pretty much it, man. I play a lot of NBA 2K on PS4. Yep. You want to play NBA 2K with me? CB the Grenade on PS4. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on PS4. I'll play anybody in a friendly. I just uh, I feel bad for you if you try. Guys, and you go to uh, adamhunter.com. I'll be t- tomorrow night with Jeremy Piven at Treasure Island Casino. Nice. Friday night. Uh, Sunday night, I'm at the Laugh Factory in Long Beach, California. Uh, dime every Tuesday night. Uh, I'm all over. And watch this dude's videos on Twitter and yeah. Facebook and shit yeah. because Follow me. Adam's crowd work's amazing uh, and you need to see one of the best, most hardworking comedians in the world uh, thank perform you. his craft better than all y'all. So you need to watch those videos. Thank you, CB. Follow me at Adam Comedian. If you shop on Amazon, go to adamhunter.com first, click on the Amazon banner, then order whatever you want because I make money on that. Uh, thank you so much for me, Violet, CB. Uh, thank you, everybody. Take care. Bye. Thanks, guys.